Your attention, please. <laughs> the Walt Disney World Railroad, now boarding for a scenic trip around the Magic Kingdom. Board? Oh, Brad. We talked about, you know, Genie Plus when it sold out. That maybe it'll never happen again. Maybe the, you know, parks will never be full. Maybe everything will be perfect and happy. And then spring what, break. What what podcast did you listen to? Spring break comes around and Genie Plus sells out again, which was obviously going to happen. But, yeah, this is the... Was that was that Disney Dish or something? Because that wasn't this podcast. <laughs> I've never heard us say something like that. So it, it happened twice on President's Day weekend. And oddly... Only one time for spring break, which I'm at least this week of spring break. There are, you know, multiple spring break weeks, depending on where in the country you are. But, uh, yeah, I was surprised it was only once. But, yeah, it did sell out again. Last, uh, well, as we're recording, last Wednesday, um, March 15th, it sold out. And was, it sold out and was selling for $29, I think, at that point. Yeah, so it's record high price still. The highest it's ever been. And if you are someone who is making decisions and it sells out at $29, you've got to be thinking, would it have sold out at 31 Supply and demand. Yeah, I, it's only a matter of time. I really wonder if this continues. And and I recognize that what I'm about to say goes kind of counter to Iger's whole, whole spiel about the current pricing situation, but would we see demand surge pricing for Genie Plus? Um, I think I don't. I don't think so. I think the more likely thing that they would do is change it to to the model that we talked about what which is uh um, per park per park yeah i think that makes more sense and it makes it so that you know a bunch of demand at animal kingdom doesn't mean they can't sell it at magic kingdom so i think the per park you know you get a little bit of a discount for two you get more of a discount for you know all or whatever uh, I think that's a more likely outcome for this. I don't know. I just, I could see a situation where Genie pops up and says, I'm currently 80% sold out. The price right now is $49. Next price increase or next price reevaluation in three minutes. Would you like to purchase now? That certainly doesn't seem very Disney-y, but neither does, I guess, Genie Plus as what, a do, thing. I was about so. to say, does <laughs> Genie Plus seem very Disney-y? <laughs> think, think back, Jeremy, to the good old days when Fast Pass Plus was a thing, and I described to you Genie Plus. I'm pretty sure you would have said those exact same words. Well, that doesn't sound very Disney-y. Yeah. If we knew exactly what it was going to be back then. Because I was very... Um, is bullish or bearish the good one? I was very hopeful that Genie was going to be a thing back when it was just Genie. They announced it as Genie. It was going to be a thing that would help you plan your vacation. It was going to, you know, 
take your input and tell you, here's what you need to do when you need to do it. I was even saying, like, what if this puts a, you know, wet blanket over the Disney travel agent market, you know, like, oh my gosh, if they could take all of that information that they have about you, if they could start harvesting your, you know, what you did on past trips, all the stuff that's linked to your MDE account, all that stuff, they could really make a compelling automated product, but they didn't. And what they did make turns out doesn't even seem to really care what you tell it you like, because if you look at what, you know, it plans for you, it's basically just trying to get you to not do the e-ticket attractions. And so, yeah, I mean, from, you know, the two or three years between when they said Genie was going to be a thing and when Genie and Genie Plus debuted, yeah, it it was very different than what, you know, we thought it was going to be. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's fine. I'm surprised it hasn't gone above $29. There's something about that $30, you know, plane. It seems like they don't want to break, but uh, yeah, it, it continues to sell out. And I'm sure as spring breaks around the country and around the world start to happen, um, it will sell out again. Don't, don't worry guys. We won't go to 30, but 29.99. Yeah. That's that's still an option. They'll do the okay. the gas station thing where it's twenty nine ninety nine and nine tenths. Okay, so now let's let's take the the genie plus punching bag that has almost become a mascot on this podcast. At this point, we're gonna put it back in its closet. I'm sure it will come out again. <laughs> Don't worry, everybody. You haven't heard the last of us complaining about genie plus. And instead, let's talk about. A good thing, which is Hollywood Studios has extended the uh, second nightly performance of Fantasmic through the 22nd, I believe, at this point of April. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess Fantasmic is popular, which is good. Um, I, I, I can't think of anything negative to say about seeing Fantasmic even more other than like poor cast members, you know, who have to work that show until 10 or whenever like that, that stinks. But yeah, I mean, the more phantasmic we can get people, the better. I mean, poor cast members, but that's also cast members who have more hours to work. That's true. I guess the more entertainment, the more people, exactly more entertainment jobs, which those people might need something to do during the day. Like walk and around. I, I mean, theoretically. As citizens. In some town that Disney would want to showcase in, I don't know, that, that studio's park that they have. Do you that know? would be a good place to put some people. You know how many good ideas we've had for bringing citizens of Hollywood back? I feel like we have brought we've brought forth over the last years at least 10 totally viable citizens of Hollywood reasons to to bring them back. I don't understand why Disney's so ridiculous. Uh, all that we're all that we're asking Disney is that you take one. Now, the question Jeremy is at this point the so the 22nd is just shy of my first day in the parks is going to be the 24th. We actually arrive in Orlando on the 23rd. 
But this now falls square into your trip. Now that you have the option between the 8.30 or the 10 o'clock showing, what showing are you going to do? We will almost certainly do the early one. I know that's going to be way more crowded, but just for our sanity. I mean, we're going to be in Hollywood Studios one night. And so um, it just... It's going to have to be the early one because if, you know, it's 8.30 to 9.15, you know, and then it's going to take us a while to get out. It's going to take us a while to get on the Skyliner, go back to the hotel. We're going to have a very tired child. So I think just for everyone's sanity, 8.30 is going to be it this time. But let me put one little bug in your ear. If you do the 8.30 showing, you have to get in line at a decent time to get a decent seat, right? Versus the 10 o'clock showing, I bet you don't have to get in line nearly as early to get a good seat. So that's more time to ride all the rides and do all the things. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I hear you. It's but I also really... But I also totally hear, like, if it was me and it was my child... Yeah, 8.30. Much like the rest of this trip, it's an experiment, and it's going to be mostly playing it by ear and seeing what we can do. Well, wait, wait, wait. I forgot to ask the most important question. Do you care whether or not your child sees it? Uh, Because if you don't care, go to the 10 o'clock showing, because your child will be knocked out by that. They will be asleep on your arm. I care in the sense that it's like my favorite show and I really want her to see it. But my plan for that weekend is basically to ask her what she wants to do and say yes when she tells me. And that's it. I mean, that that whole four days we're going to be there is all going to be about her and about making sure she does what she wants. And I don't, I honestly don't care if she doesn't want to do all the things that I want her to do. But um, that is my biggest concern is just that I can ask her, what do you want? And that I can say yes to it. And I will certainly suggest many things, but I'm not going to do a lot to make her do something she doesn't want to do. And so if, if, if uh, I tell her it's my favorite show or, you know, we tell her it's our favorite show and she still doesn't feel like it, then, you know, that stinks and maybe next time but yeah it's mostly just going to be about trying to you know let her have as much fun as humanly possible when she's little and she can still you know enjoy it for the magical place that it is so what you're telling me is i need to pay off your child to skip phantasmic (laughs) just to really stick it to you what I'm telling you is if you do Uncle, that... Uncle Brad will give you a Mickey bar if you tell Mommy and Daddy that you definitely don't want to go to Fantasmic. <laughs> there you go. Just to really jab that knife in. Twist it. Just a, just a little bit. Fantasmic is finally back, but oh no, your kid doesn't want to go. No, I'm just... I'm thinking back to our trip and how many times we would leave a park with both kids just knocked out in the stroller. Yeah. Because they were real troopers till, you know, a certain time. And then, they, it, you know, and it was usually the nighttime show, right? Either, either at the show or immediately following the show, just gone. And I will, 
I will say my daughter will not go in a stroller. Absolutely will not. So I am, it's going to be, she's too heavy to carry (laughs) and is not, will not be in a stroller. So I really am, am kind of curious about how we're going to be able to handle that. So before your next trip, we need to discuss your exercise regimen. Yeah, I need to get a, a personal trainer. Right. Here's your, you know, 50-pound sack of flour. You need to carry this around your neighborhood for at least three miles every night in preparation. But, yeah, so it, it'll be interesting to, uh, to see how the late nights go. And Hollywood Studios will be day two. So we'll day one, we'll get there super early, go to Magic Kingdom, and then day two will be Hollywood Studios. So we'll see how day one goes. But yeah, it's going to be a lot of just flexibility and playing it by ear and seeing you know what she wants to do and what she's up for. Well, I, I hope that you, get a, that you get an opportunity to do Fantasmic. Me too. And you have, you have two opportunities now, so... I don't know how that second opportunity actually helps you, but <laughs> you know what? You know what? It still does help you, though, because a greater than 0% of people are going to decide to go to the 10 o'clock showing. If if there was only the 830 showing when you were there, that 830 right. showing would be so much busier. 100% of the people at Hollywood Studios would want to or would have to go to that one. So yes, exactly. One hundred percent of the people who wanted to go would have to go to that one. The existence of a later seventy percent. Yeah. So it'll be it'll be fun. I think it'll be all right. But yeah, I think well, we're, we'll, I'm, we'll I'm shoot hoping for they the early. It to, for me, yeah, we'll shoot for the early one and and see. Um, this other this other thing on here is kind of Hollywood Studios adjacent. Um, the Galactic Star Cruiser recently. Uh, reduced its the amount of weekly trips that it will be taking. I think it went down to like two a week instead of three. Um, and man, it's just like, it's becoming so clear that the Galactic Star Cruiser is not, I guess, what they wanted it to be. Uh, they just said that, um, I think, DV, was it DVC members or annual pass holders? They get 30% DV, yeah, off. Yeah, DVC members will be getting 30% off in the now, to be fair, in the month of August, which may not be a very popular month for them, it might be, or maybe even could be them saying, you know what, we're going to take a loss to try to get to drum up some more interest and get some more people talking about this or something. But it's, I think, pretty indicative that some that all is not well with Galactic Star Cruiser. Yeah, well, and I mean. We were talking a little bit before, but I feel like the the correct thing to happen is if something is a bad idea, if something is fundamentally not a good idea, then it should fail. And I think it's pretty clear that maybe the Galactic Star Cruiser is not going to fail as in close, but is a failure in terms of popularity. And I just don't... I wonder what they can do to save it. I wonder what they can do to fix it and make it more accessible to people and that so it's not six thousand dollars for two nights and three days what do they do so it seems to me that your best option if you're if you're 
goal is to make it cheaper. Well, and I'm th- to- I'm saying the only thing that they can do, that's the only option they have is to make it cheaper. Right. And the only way that I can see that you can do that is to make it a more standard Disney resort experience. Yeah. Where it's no longer all of this stuff, the, you know, you have a really cool themed room and you go to Disney parks. But I just don't know that because of the number of rooms that they have and everything, I don't know how much cheaper it could be, really. Yeah, my one of my big questions is what is what is going toward that cost? Is it is it the fact that it's a personal, you know, quote personalized storyline and that there is someone who, you know, if you submit a backstory for your character on the on the Galactic Star Cruiser, that will be distributed to the cast members and they will work your you as a character into the storyline of the of the Star Cruiser. Like that is obviously that takes that takes people to write a script and to write you into the story. You have actors. I understand that that's very expensive. Could they, I guess, if the actors are the main cost, could they just take some of the some of the story out? You know, if there were these B storylines, could they just take some of those out, reduce the number of actors they needed, and then, you know, leave it as a narrative hotel? Because I think that that's cool. Leave it as a narrative hotel, but really scale the narrative back and make it a, you know, make it a thousand dollars or two thousand dollars, you know, really cut the price down to something that is not cheap, but is and, and is not even is not even as cheap as staying at a deluxe resort, but something that people can, you know, attain. Something that, you know, if you're going, if you're the kind of person who stays at the boardwalk or the beach club and you're already used to paying, you know, four or $500 a night for your hotel. If you're that person, then maybe tacking on a two night stay at the Star Cruiser for 1500 bucks, that's a lot more attainable than tacking on a two night stay at the Star Cruiser for $6,000. So I just... I feel like the only, if I if I look at what they have now, if I look at these videos I've seen, if I look at what goes on in the in day one days one two and three, this the simulator part that takes you up to the Star Cruiser is nothing. I mean that that costs them nothing to run. Um, it's when you get onto the Halcyon and the narrative starts and all of that stuff really spins up that's where the people are there you know that's where everything kind of kind of spins up and gets expensive and so i wonder if they could just scale some of that back and make it more affordable because that's the only thing they can do they have the building already they can't do anything about the building they have the transport to batu which seems cool i mean the the videos I've seen of the inside of the transport ship that takes you down to Batu looks awesome. And I think it's even cool to have things to do down on Batu. Um, and they could even add like value ads, you know, like a skip to the front of the line for um, Smuggler's Run and Rise of the Resistance 
that could be added and that costs Disney nothing. Um, but, but a lot of these like value adds and stuff, I think for, for Galactic Star Cruiser, if you could get it down at or below $2,000 for the experience and tack on some, you know, nice to haves when you're on, but two, uh, I think that would make a huge difference in, in people caring about it. Cause I think, yeah, there are a lot of very wealthy people that visit Walt Disney world, but $3,000 a night to do, and that's for two adults and a child to do this star Wars experience is just so expensive that I think even for people who might have that money, you know, it, it seems like it's better spent elsewhere. Um, but I don't know. I've, I've been thinking about that a lot since, since I, since I saw that the, um, number of sailings have gone down. Um, and then when I saw that they were doing these super steep discounts for, yeah, probably a pretty light month, but it does show that they, you know, they need to but do they have, something. They have light months, right? Be- yeah. Well, and yeah, the fact that they are issuing discounts is, you know, and, and again, <laughs> these are discounts for DVC. DVC is also prohibitively expensive. If you, uh, Claire and I. Next, next, next they will announce, by the way, we're also offering 25% off for Club 33 members. Right. Yeah. I mean, back in 20, 2014, late 2013, Claire and I were trying to figure out how to join DVC. And we like got on a call and we got the pitch. And back then, the buy-in was like $22,000. And then it was like, I think, 1200 bucks a year after that. And so you need to buy in. And you can emeritize the 22000 I think, you know, over two or three years. But you have to buy in for the twenty two grand, and then pay 1200 to 1500 a year just dues. And but if you look at what it costs now, Jeremy, you missed the boat, bud. Yeah, is it much more now? I don't, I don't know. I'm I, sure I'm it is. I'm not looking at it right now, but based on everything else in the world, right? I would say yes. But it's, just it's probably significantly more expensive. Just to put into perspective, that's the people that they're offering thirty percent off to people that had the money to to buy in for twenty plus thousand dollars and then pay twelve hundred dollars a year for this vacation experience and. No shade, no lemonade. I, if I could afford it, I would be a DVC member. I have no issue with DVC. What, I, what I'm just trying to put into perspective is that the people who are getting this discount are people who are probably wealthy enough to people consider... People that Disney has already gotten a lot of money out of. And that's, they are, that's what we should say. They are wealthy enough to consider the Galactic Star Cruiser anyway. But then to say, oh, 30% off... I'll definitely do it. So I don't, yeah, I don't know. I think, but all that to say, I think their only option that they can do because everything else is already sunk cost, the building, the, the transport, like all that stuff has already been bought. The only thing that they can do is figure out how to make the whole experience cheaper and more attainable to regular people. Yeah, the issue that I see with the talking about changing the narrative is if you make the narrative lighter, will it be able to enthrall people 
for the entirety of the time that they're going to be there. And if it doesn't, then you've got a bigger issue because then it at $2,000, it's still overpriced because you can't go back and forth to Disney parks the way that you can at every other Disney resort. Well, but I wonder if you need to enthrall people in that way. Because so day one, you're on the ship. Day two, you're in Batu, And then day three, you're on the ship, you disembark. So day two is already off the ship. And so you have morning and, and evening to do narrative stuff. I feel like that ship, and you'd have to, you'd have to, you know, kind of make this clear to people. But if they're going to minimize the narrative and maximize, you know, the cost savings, maybe y- you just tell people, like, go walk around. You know, a cruise ship doesn't always have something to do. There's a lot of times where, you know, maybe, and, and there's another thing. They have bars. Maybe give people, like, everybody gets three or four free drinks, you know, at a bar. So go sit at a bar for a while and take in the sights. Man, my kids love a good whiskey sour. Okay. They're going to they're gonna really get a kick out of this trip now. But I just... I don't know. I'm just trying yeah, to something. Something has got to change. I agree. But if if you're minimizing the narrative and and if the if the experience is that good, if the theming is that good, maybe giving people half a day on day one to just walk around and explore is fine, and don't make a narrative thing happen until you know afternoon day one, because do. I guess did they build this did they build this whole, you know, physical space knowing that they were going to have to entertain everyone all the time. And if they did and there's not, you know, there's not that much to do aside from the narrative, then yeah, that's a problem and they'll need to figure that out, but And that's I don't know. kind of what it has felt like really? from what I've what I've seen of it. So that's my concern, but Okay, first of all, real-time follow-up, $32,550 is the purchase price for your Disney Vacation Club, plus your $631 closing costs, plus uh, starting at $92 a month annual dues. So that's, you know, about Mm $1,200, a little little bit under. So that, you know, just tack on an extra $10,000 to what you are, what, $10,500 to what you were looking at back in the day and you've you've got yourself a a dvc membership so it's gone up a bit but it's not a timeshare it's not a timeshare it's it's not a timeshare and animal kingdom is not a zoo as we all know (laughs) uh i have two options first of all it feels to me like the the type of narrative entertainment they're doing on the on the halcyon requires people to be entirely focused entertainment to be entirely focused on that right like that's your job your job is to to work at the halcyon but maybe instead of going super light on the narrative you take a half step okay and suddenly your entertainment you could you could maybe share the load for that entertainment staff so that you're not having to bear the full weight 
of their wages. Okay. And that makes it cheaper, which then means you can bring down the cost of the Halcyon. Now, where would you share that cost for those entertainment? If if you're working on the Halcyon, you're clearly pretty good at, at entertainment. And so, I mean, that would mean that you're probably good at improv. And if you're good at improv, perhaps you could just, I don't know, walk around the parks. <laughs> and possibly just interact with guests during the day. Maybe just create an atmosphere on the streets. I don't know. I feel like we could come up with a name for it. And and it would be almost like you were a citizen of the park. That's masterful. I mean, it's come I, full I circle. Think, I think I I think I just found their solution. But my other my other option, and by the way, before I say this, we stan entertainment. We want as many entertainment cast members as possible. But we've all seen what Chat GPT four can do. So what if you were just able to feed all the guest stuff into chat GPT four. And then we've got to have somebody to deliver that, right? That's where you would normally have the human, but Disney has these things called audio animatronics, but wait, Disney's going to have to build a bunch of these things. That's not cheap. Oh, but we've got a lot of spares, maybe from a recently closed attraction. <laughs> now I don't know how you fit a bear into a stormtrooper suit, but once you figure it out, it's all downhill we from got there. Brayer stormtrooper. We got Brayer Darth Vader. <laughs> That's so I don't know. One of those two options, Disney. Feel free to take one and run it. I, I mean, I would prefer the the citizens one personally, but <laughs> but Brayer stormtrooper. Oh, I I think I think I could get behind that one too. I think that'll do it for this episode. You can follow us on Twitter at MTM Podcast. You can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash MTM Podcast. You can visit us on the web at missingthemouse.co. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode. And until then, 